0: Uh, we've talked about this last night. Two Canadian women who'd been held in a detention camp for captured, for captured foreign members of Islamic State and their families returned to Canada overnight and both were arrested by the RCMP after their flight landed in Montreal. The women are the first, Canadian, the first that the Canadian government has brought home from those detention camps. First 27-year-old Umami Shwe was charged with four terrorism offenses, including leaving Canada to participate in the activity of a terrorist group. RCMP officers arrested Umayma Mashwe at the Montreal Trudeau Airport as part of a repatriation effort organized by the Government of Canada. This arrest was the culmination of an investigation launched in 2014 by the Integrated National Security Enforcement Team when Ms. Shway left Canada. According to the investigation, Ms. Shway allegedly traveled to Syria and Iraq to join the Islamic State terrorist group. In Syria, It is alleged that she participated in terrorist activities in the name of the Islamic State. In November 2017, Ms. Shwe was taken prisoner by the Syrian Democratic Forces. She was held at the Raj camp in Syria until her return to Canada. That is RCMP Inspector David Baudois earlier today. The other woman who's returned is 50-year-old Kimberly Pullman. She was also arrested but not charged. Instead, she's returned to BC where RCMP are expected to seek a peace bond and she is expected to be released with conditions. Now, a Canadian government delegation we now know met with officials in northeast Syria on Tuesday before the two women were handed over into their custody. Shui's two children were also brought back to this country. Now, the federal government had previously refused to help bring any of its citizens out of the detention camps, arguing it had no legal obligation to do so, and it was too dangerous for officials to travel to that region. But the prime minister today will not say if there will be more to follow.
1: We continue to engage responsibly in the region, uh, monitor closely. We have a framework uh, around doing this. We've seen uh, a couple of situations already, but it's important that people who travel for the purpose of of supporting terrorism uh, face consequences.
0: The Prime Minister, their report suggests several dozen Canadian men, women, and children are still in those detention camps. We've been facing criticism over the years uh, because we haven't repatriated our citizens as fast as some other countries have. Do we have a duty? to bring them back to face charges if so be it or should we just leave them there well joining me now with more on this from Ottawa is criminal defense lawyer lawrence greenspawn he is the attorney rep- attorney representing kimberly pullman as well as several of the others still detained in syria thanks for your time tonight for sure you've spoken uh with your client since she's landed how is she
1: uh i received a phone call at uh 4 30 this morning uh, from the RCMP on uh, Kimberly's behalf, uh, I spoke with her at length at that point in time. Uh, she is firstly, absolutely delighted to be back in Canada uh, and on her way home. Uh, and that said, uh, the principal reason for her repatriation was her very precarious health. She's not in good, uh, in good health, is going to need medical attention as soon as possible, uh, i can't get into the details of that but uh suffice to say that that was a, a major part of the reason that she was repatriated
0: um what are the what are the legal implications now that she's back uh, i understand i mean the word arrest was used today uh in, in a number of headlines what exactly has happened is going to happen with her as far as the canadian legal system is concerned
1: okay uh well as far as uh uh what took place in montreal she was arrested uh, on the basis of a peace bond that is going to be sought by the crown. Uh, and what that means is uh, she's been transported back to British Columbia. Uh, she'll appear before a justice of the peace. Uh, she will be signing uh, a, rec- a a recognizance, which will have some conditions in it, and then she'll be released. Uh, what a peace bond means uh, for which she was arrested uh, is, is there no uh, pending criminal charges right now uh, that it's strictly on the basis of a peace bond uh, that she's been arrested. And uh, as I say, assuming that she signs the conditions on the recognizance, she should be released some point in the next 24 hours. Um, peace bond is, is very common a common way of resolving uh, domestic uh, common assault charges. And it's a way of avoiding criminal charges, avoiding a criminal record. And uh, it's basically an agreement with the person and the court uh, to keep the peace and be a good behavior for a period of time, follow certain conditions, which in this case might involve uh, reporting, uh, living at a fixed address, uh, that type of thing.
0: You understand the circumstances of those who've been in detention in northern Syria well. I I know that people will know that there was another woman who returned to Canada as well alongside uh, Ms. Pullman, that she in fact has been arrested and charged. Wherein lies the difference between how the authorities look at these different cases, Uh, for instance, in the case of your client?
1: Well, the only, the only uh, uh, distinction that I can, can see, uh, you know, when, and it's not really one that I am privy to because I don't represent uh, the other woman uh, and her two children that are in Montreal, the, the, the substantial difference is the evidence. Uh, if they've got evidence, uh, uh, presumably that's the reason that they have charged uh, uh, Ms. Shui in Montreal uh, they don't have uh, uh, the evi- any evidence uh, in support of criminal charges against uh, Kimberly Pullman. And uh, that would be, you know, I, I think the, uh, the major difference between the two and the basis uh, for the distinction uh, made by the uh, by the prosecution.
0: This marks the end of a very long journey, though, for Kimberly Pullman. I mean, she was she spoke to the media back in twenty nineteen. She would already been in tension for quite a while. You've been representing her for a while. Uh, tell me about her case. I mean, it, it does. These are all, you know, as, as much as they were all painted with one brush for a very long time. Each case seems to be specific in its circumstances. Obviously, it,
1: it, it, you know, you you you've got it uh, for sure. It's uh, uh, what happens with uh, the repatriation of. Of Kimberly Pullman at this time, uh, is is really two things. One, uh, it uh, gives some glimmer of hope to the remaining uh, Canadian men, women and children that are held in detention camps and prisons in northeastern Syria. And two, it shows yet again, uh, that the Canadian government can, without any uh, security or safety issues, uh, bring back our Canadians. And uh, if there's evidence uh, that they have, uh, they can prosecute them and give them a fair trial here in Canada, which is all that we've ever asked for. Uh, Anis, the Autonomous Administration Northeastern Syria, has said to the countries of the world, come and please take your nationals. We don't want to keep them in our prisons and detention camps. Come and bring them home. And uh, all they need is an official request from the Canadian government. and Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Global Affairs Canada has not been willing uh, to provide that uh, official request. Uh, We don't even need uh, Global Affairs Canada officials on the ground. Uh, Many of these repatriations, and there's been uh, more than 20 countries, have repatriated over a 1,000 of their nationals. Uh, and, and it's been done using uh, forces from other uh, countries, from third-party countries, third-party NGOs, uh, and individuals. I mean, uh, even in, in in our own uh, country, we've had uh, the benefit of uh, American Peter Galbraith and Jorbeen, and he managed to uh, facilitate the uh, repatriation of a mother and her child uh, about a year ago or so. So uh, it's, it's not that... Uh, There isn't a way of doing it. There there just doesn't appear to be a will of uh, bringing back our Canadian men, women, and children that are in these horrible conditions.
0: And 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 you, I mean, you understand. You you've done this for a very long time. You understand the you know the political considerations, the the way that many people who left to join ISIS were viewed by Canadians. But in your Mm. your mind, this this is not a matter of 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 moral right or wrong. This is a legal matter.
1: it, It it very much is, but it's also. It's a matter that's Canadian. You know, I, I, I know there are people out there that say, oh, you know, uh, uh, they went over there voluntarily, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that's, that's their problem if they, if they can't get back here. Uh, but that's, that's not the Canadian way to allow uh, men, uh, women, and especially innocent children to be rotting in detention camps for in excess of three years or to be rotting in prison Without having been charged with any uh, offense, and no intention whatsoever of the local authorities to charge these guys, Um, it's it's one thing to say, well, they got there on their own; they should be coming back on their own. It's another to say, well, they're Canadian citizens, and uh, we're just going to let them rot. You know, they they made their own bed, and they can they can die in it. That's uh, to me, that's not only uh, contrary to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and many international covenants to which Canada is a signature, a signatory. Uh, but it's, it's just contrary to uh, who, who we are as a people, as, as Canadians.
0: Lawrence, how, how many more people are there now? And, and what does today represent to them, other than the fact that the Canadian government seems to be able to bring people back if they want to?
1: Well, uh, according to Human Rights Watch, there's about 50 Canadian men, women, and children that are uh, in northeastern Syria. I represent uh, 23 of those people uh in a federal court action that is scheduled to go to uh, before the federal court on december 5th and 6th and uh what happened today as i say is is a good indication of uh, what the canadian government uh can do and uh we say what they should do
0: you'll be going ahead with that federal court case i presume uh
1: unless between now and then they decide to bring the rest of the uh Canadian men and women home uh, which and children home uh, which would be a, a wonderful problem to have <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, what has it been like dealing just with the I mean the families themselves as I was we were talking about earlier each of these cases was different people went there for different reasons what are what have your clients been going through trying to figure out you know just the the roller coaster that this must be both to have had a a loved one leave to go to Syria to join the Islamic state presumably or either coerced mm-hmm. into it but also now to have been in detention in this legal limbo for years
1: well um, i 've been very fortunate to be working with uh, a woman who 's uh, dedicated herself to the the day to day dealings uh, with the families here in Canada and with the uh, to the extent that she 's been able to communicate with the uh, the people in detention the Canadians in detention that are over there uh, Alex Bain out of uh, uh, families against violence everywhere fave is what it 's called. Uh, has been the, the person on the ground here in Canada to, to deal, as I say, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and uh, she does what she does in, entirely on a volunteer basis and uh, hats off to her for, for uh, holding the hands and, and trying to advance the interests of, uh, uh, of these Canadian men and women and children.
0: Do they represent? I mean, amongst them, we understand, of course, that uh, Kimberly Pullman is is ill. That, uh, that the circumstances by which she wound up in Syria are 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 unique uh or not unique but the, their individual circumstances about her state of mind at the time and so forth <laughs> but do these do, they, do these individuals represent a security threat to this country and how so are we prepared if so uh how do we deal with that it feels like we're not prepared to bring we just don't have the systems in place to bring people back or do we and that's the problem
1: we we do we we uh we have the systems in place uh, very much so and Uh, We not only have, uh, as they used to say, uh, we have the technology, we have the laws in place to allow prosecutions of Canadians uh, who have been alleged to have committed crimes in in other countries. Uh, We have a whole department in the Department of Justice that is dedicated to uh, lawyers and paralegals and support staff. They're all there for one purpose only, and that is to be able to uh, investigate and prosecute Canadians uh, when there is evidence uh, to suggest that they have uh, committed uh, either terrorism or uh, genocide or war crimes in another country. Uh, That whole division of the Department of Justice exists for that sole purpose. So we have the laws, we have the capacity to prosecute those that need to be prosecuted. And uh, what we've said all along is uh, that is a, a, a much better and uh, humane and human rights uh, perspective, uh, the way to go, as opposed to just letting these Canadian men, women and children rot in prisons and, and detention camps that were in northeastern Syria.
0: Lord Greenspan, thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for your interest.